0: Well, by way of celebration today, celebrating our Serve Sunday, I want to wrap up our sermon series that we started, believe it or not, we started at the end of August. And uh, these last six weeks, we've been looking at how we as individuals and as a church are called to be the light and life of Jesus Christ in this world. In Matthew chapter 5, it says this, you're here to be a light. This is a familiar verse, or it should be by now. We've been uh, looking at it every week for six weeks. You're here here to be a light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. I just want to stop there for a second and say, isn't it sad that within many cities across the United States, um, church and people's relationship with Christ is kind of hidden behind the four walls of a church every Sunday, and it doesn't get out into the community very often. Um, I'm thankful that we have a congregation here that sees it differently. Jesus goes on to say, "If I make you light bearers, you don't think you're going to hide. Uh, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm going to put you on a light stand." Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. And you might think, well, what do I have to give? How, how is my life to be that example? How is my life to be impactful in other people's lives? Well, you might think that unless you're a pastor or a missionary or some elected official, you have no influence. But let me tell you, each and every person here has influence in the world that you live in. You do. Um, you don't have the, the influence and the platform that someone across the other side of this sanctuary does, nor do they have the platform you do. But God has placed each and every one of us in our environments, in our settings, in our situations to be the light of Christ. And we are called to live that out with purpose and with power. So we're called. We're called to add value wherever we go. Last week, I like to believe that every single person, every single team added value. It might not have been quite what you expected. It might have been 10 times beyond what you expected, but every single one added value. I think there was 22 or 23 teams that went out last week. More than 250, almost 300 people from Crossroads Church were mobilized in our community, and that's something to be incredibly thankful for. That uh, we have a church, a congregation here that gets excited about what God's called us to do. Uh, God taps us on the shoulder, we say yes, and we move, right? Well, there's one more story I want you to hear. Jay, why don't you come up and join me? Um, this is a, a team, you saw one picture up there, we, we couldn't get video, we couldn't take pictures because this team went into the Wise County Jail and, and Jay and a number of people go in there weekly, so this wasn't just a, a one-shot, once-a-year thing. We went in last year on Surf Sunday, didn't we? And again this year, um, some amazing stories that, that have come out of that. And I asked Jay if you'd come up. He sent me an email this week and told me a little bit about uh, what had gone on. I said, you have to tell this story on, on Sunday morning. So Jay agreed to do that and uh, he headed up this team. So tell us a little bit about what you guys did.
1: All right, well, uh, well again, thanks for letting me be here. Thanks for letting me be a part of this church. It's an amazing experience to, um, to see your love touch over 225 inmates and the staff with, uh, with pizza and the personalized letters that y'all wrote, so thank you very much for that. So I'm just gonna tell you what I journaled, kind of what I came to mind, kind of a history of it. Um, it's a very gloomy place when we arrive with all of your personalized letters of encouragement and 125 pizzas. In general population, the cells hold maybe four to eight inmates. As we walk down the hall, we can see in the windows of the cells. The residents are laying down. If they are awake, there's really no reaction. Even after the jailer rolls the heavy, loud lock, opens the groaning door, and calls out to them, get up, there's some people here to see you. There's still really very little movement, and at this time, we almost feel like intruders. It's almost as if we're interrupting their misery. The guard yells out, you want pizza? You gotta come to the door. Their movement is still lethargic and sluggish. At first, their faces appear to be angry or mad with lips tight and brows wrinkled. As we announce, we're here from Crossroads Church. Hand them the paper plates of pizza and the letters that you wrote. You can see their expressions change. Now, they still have their mean mug on, you know, the jail face, but they're looking a little puzzled now. But with the simple announcement that God loves you and you're not forgotten, the Holy Spirit moves. As they receive their gifts, the masks soften and become transparent and looking deeper, Feelings of fear, loneliness, sadness, shame, and desperation are apparent and reach out from them. We tell them that we love them too. Their brokenness becomes even more visible as they graciously (laughs) smile and thank us. They begin to interact with us. Sometimes we have opportunity to share a brief testimony or just listen for a minute. They thank us over and over, and this experience is repeated as we move from cell to cell. We also had the privilege of getting to visit the segregation area of the jail. Officer Caleb, a member of this church, he actually was our tour guide in that area, and I just want to say this man is a, conducts his job with the, with the heart of Jesus Christ. He's just, he's so loving and caring and, and respectful as he, as he uh, does his job. These inmates are in isolation. The offers the uh, as, as There's there's no windows. They're just little one-man concrete rooms. There's a door about this high up It's called a bean chute and as he opens the bean chute We have to get down on our knees and look through the window to see these uh, inmates eye-to-eye so we hand them the pizza and the and the and the letters and we again repeat the process of God loves you and, and You're not forgotten and we love you too and some of them even reach forward and reach through the door to uh to get that human touch of a handshake. Uh, they smile, and it, it made me wonder, um, when was the last time they smiled? Pretty moving. Uh, so the, the next thing that happened is we were leaving the jail. And as we were walking back out of the jail, we're, we're going back those, by those same cells and, and looking in those same windows, and something's completely different, where those guys were just in there separated and in their spots, when we went in before, they're all gathered around the table. The pizza's long gone. I I just want to emphasize that the pizza's just the icebreaker. The real touch comes from those handwritten letters that y'all wrote. That's what really makes the difference. They're standing around those tables. They're sharing their letters. They're looking. They're waving at us. They're smiling. We even got a few of these right here. You know, the heart. Look you in the eye and give you that heart touch. Pretty cool stuff going on. so, I gotta, so it's it's sad, but I just want to make a point that over seventy percent of those people that are there will return. As I'm driving home, God put it on my heart to think about how, that one person's in there, but how many people and in pain? But how many people is that pain affecting? The children, the, the wives, the mothers, the fathers, the brothers, the sisters, and all of the people that that pain affects. It's also put on the heart that most of these people were in bondage long before they ever went to jail. Mm-hmm. No. The, the anger, the addiction issues, those things, those are just symptoms of the real problem. The real problem is the, is the spiritual malady. It's a threefold problem I believe it's spiritual it's mental and it's physical but the the healing of the physical or the mental never precedes the healing of the of the of the of the spiritual right so that's where we come in you know pain is the touchstone for for spiritual growth i know i know for jay miller you, when things are going wonderful and all of that, yes, I pray, and yes, I have some gratitude, but you put me in some pain, and I'm on my knees 24-7. Well, these, these folks are in pain. They're hungry, and they're searching. And that's where the next phase of this comes in, and that's the letters. We get letters back from these people. And if you'll notice, these two letters here, they've got some red stamps on them, and it says indigent on them. That means that these people did not have 55 cents to send this letter to Crossroads Church. They, uh, they, have abs- they have nobody, so if they don't have anybody putting 55 cents on their books, they probably don't have anybody coming to see them and, uh, and so forth. So that's where we come in. We're gonna get these letters. They're coming in already. They came in last year and we answered them. So what, what we would like is, is, for, is for, if you're interested in serving uh, in the, the people that are incarcerated, to, to see Elaine or myself, and, and we'll get you some letters. We'll get you some copies of those, some letters. You know, these guys that are in these these cells, maybe even these segregation cells, they're getting human interaction three times a day when that chute opens and they get that tray of food. But how important and how great would it be for them to get a letter when mail rolls called? That's how. That's what I believe. Is is this year? Let's not just. Uh, Let's not just touch them one time with a letter. Let's continue to touch them with these letters throughout the, the, the year. And then the, the other thing I just want to say is that it's, it can be completely anonymous. It really doesn't matter who the letter's from. It just has to be from Crossroads Church. Just pray about it and write it down. It just happens just like that. Um, the other thing I just want to put on your heart is Crossroads Church does represent, has a, a, a representation in the, uh, in the Texas prison system. And if you're interested in serving that, we're in there twice a week over here at Bridgeport. If you're interested in serving, you can see myself or Wesley or, or Steve, and we'll hook you up with some more service work.
0: That's great. Thank you, Jay. Let's, uh, let's thank you. Fantastic. It's touching people's lives, that's what it's about. Everyone matters. Do we believe that? Do we truly believe that? And if we do, then we have to do something, Right. If everyone matters, uh, that that affects the way that you walk into a grocery store. That affects the way that you interact with your server at lunch or at dinner. It it, it affects the way that you um, react to that person who's broken down on the side of the road. Um, It affects the way that you interact in this community, how you live your life. Um, how you react when you're offended, when you're mad, when you're angry, when you're not feeling well, when you're not. It affects those things. Um, It's one thing to read Scripture and theoretically say yes. I think uh, um, every person who calls themselves a Christ follower reads Scripture and theoretically says yes. You wouldn't be a Christ follower if you didn't agree with that. But Where the disconnect comes, not just individually but for churches, is the actual execution of that. Uh, It's so important that what happens in here happens in this community. That the light and love of Jesus Christ that we experience gets experienced outside of these four walls. It's so vitally important. You know, another... uh, Interaction I had, I got a, a, an email from uh, a couple this week, and they uh, said that they were up at a hotel. Um, many of you are probably unaware of this, but our hotels and motels here in Wise County are kind of our um, low cost housing. And many people are there on a day to day basis, on a week to week basis, on a month to month basis, basically on what they can afford. And uh, this isn't your Motel 6 that serves a hot meal every morning when you check out. These are people who are living there. This is their home. And uh, so we sent a number of our teams up to uh, some of these motels here in in, uh, Decatur. And um, as this one couple from Crossroads sat down and uh, got talking to a lady across the table, the lady said, you know, this was really a God-timing thing for you to come and serve breakfast this morning, and they said, well, what do you mean by that? And she said, well, had you guys not come, I probably wouldn't have had food until Tuesday. And so they were able to package some of the leftovers and that and give it to her, and she took those back to her room so she was able to have something to eat. But, but this is reality. This isn't just theory. This is what goes on here in our community and how we can tangibly be the light and life of Jesus Christ. This is the person who's hungry, and we feed them. This is a person who is in jail, and we go to visit them. This is what Christ has called us to do. You know, a number of years ago, and it really comes down to awareness. It really comes to us getting outside of ourselves. Um, I I understand you have a lot of things on your plate. You have a lot of worries. You have a lot of concerns. You have a lot of responsibilities. I have a lot of concerns. I have a lot of things on my plate. I have a lot of responsibilities, but it, it takes... A disciple of Christ. It takes a Christ follower to step out of that and go. Okay, I'm not just worrying about my own interests, but I'm worrying about the interests of someone else. And putting on that 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 uh, hat, putting those glasses on, and saying, I'm going to see things differently. You know, a number of years ago, when uh, uh, Dana and I were living in, in Illinois, the church that we were a part of, they did a a poverty awareness simulation one uh, one week. Um, it was a weeknight at the church. They opened up the the main gathering space in the room, in the church, and uh, every person who came in was given a a scenario. They were given a name and a. Um, you were, for me, I was a single dad with two kids, and I was given a number of tasks that I needed to do. It was a couple of hours, uh, the simulation and. In the middle of the room were the locations where you live, and outside, around the the room, were uh, places in the in a fictitious city. There was a school and there was a government office. There was a food bank and there was a uh, a shelter. And there were you know all these things that needed you know, these places to go. And you couldn't just walk across the room. You actually needed money to get on a bus to get from one location to another. And if you had no money and all that. So in the scenario, and I went with skepticism to say, okay, well, it's just, uh, you know, I might learn something of that. But I tell you, Putting yourself in a situation, even in a role modeling type of of simulation, it was amazing to experience. You know, here I was called, I, I needed as a single dad with two kids, I had to enroll them in school. Well, I spent my last dollar to get the kids from where I was over to the school on public transit only to find out when I got to the school that I didn't have the paperwork from the government office in order to enroll them. So I needed to then find some way to get over to the government office and the government office couldn't help me because I didn't have something else. And it was amazing the system that was meant to work didn't work and how, how the, the smallest and simplest things become difficult. And I think for many of us, we forget about that. We forget what it means to be in poverty. We forget what it means to have a criminal record, or we don't even know what it means to have a criminal record. We don't know what it means to have a difficult time even getting considered for a job. We don't know what it is to not have something clean to wear to a job interview. Those, fi- those smallest things, those smallest details. And I, I, I think what something like last weekend does for us, and I know it does for me, is allows us to see our community with a different set of eyes. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that, to, to see your neighbor not as that person who put the fence right on the fence on the property line, but to see it as a person who has needs and has, has a real life and is a real person and seeing them with Christ's eyes, seeing that person who might be a nuisance, uh, uh, the, the, maybe that server who uh, at the restaurant isn't quite quick enough or isn't quite proficient enough or, or just doesn't come back and fills your water glass at the exact time that you want it to. What is their perspective? What's going on in their life? And if you take a moment and you stop and you treat them like a true human being and ask them some questions, get to know them, Find out what's making them tick. I I venture to say you're going to find out a whole lot more. And have an opportunity for compassion to enter into your heart and to reach out with the light and love of Jesus Christ. You know, this can sometimes be overwhelming. I know here at the church, week in, week out, uh, seeing the number of people walk in the front doors looking for assistance just on the financial level or sometimes on the, on the relational level, even the spiritual level. We get phone calls daily, sometimes in the dozens of phone calls. And sometimes it seems overwhelming. You might leave here today and you might look at the world and you read the newspaper, you watch the news, you you experience in the community and it just seems overwhelming. How can I make a difference? How can I? But I believe that Christ has called us to make a difference in the way that we can. There's a story that uh, goes like this. A boy was on a beach one day, and he was walking down the beach, and just as the tide had, had already gone out, and he, he sees that spread across the beach, what the tide had left behind were thousands upon thousands of starfish. And they were sitting there on the beach, and as the sun was was burning brighter and burning hotter, these starfish were starting to dry out. And, and unless they got back in the water, they were just going to die there on the beach and, and uh, be no more. And so this little boy was getting worried, and he started picking up starfish and th- chucking them as far as he could back into the water, and picking them up and throwing them back in the water as the tide had, had gone out. And he was frantically going down the beach, picking up starfish and throwing them back and this this one older gentleman came up the beach and he was seen watching what this boy was doing and he looked at the thousands upon thousands of starfish and he came up to the boy and he says, boy, it ain't going to make a hill of beans different. The boy looked at him and almost with resentment, he picked up another one, he threw it into the water and he says, it makes a difference to that one. And it makes a difference to that one. And he picked up another one, and he threw it in, and he said, it makes a difference to that one. You know, it might seem overwhelming in our community, what might seem overwhelming in our, in our county and in our state and in our nation makes a difference to one. And I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to do to one what you wish you could do to the many. Make a difference in one person's life what you wish you could do to thousands. But pay attention to one. Focus on one and then focus on another and then focus in on another. Do that over in Matthew 25. Jesus told the story. It was of the sheep and the goats. And he said when the uh, father comes into his kingdom he's going to separate those on his left and those on his right as as a farmer separates the sheep from the goats. And he says to one he's going to say well done come into my kingdom because I was sick and I was hungry, and I was in prison, and I needed clothes, and I was thirsty, I was a stranger, and you you did something, you helped me. And those will say, when did we see you? And Jesus said to them, whatever you did for the least of these, my brothers, you did unto me. In the same way, he turned to those on his right, and he said... Be gone from me, because I was sick, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was in prison, and you didn't move, you didn't act, you did nothing. And they say, like the others, when did we see you, sick and thirsty and hungry and a stranger? And Jesus again will say, Whatever you did for the least of these, my brothers, you did unto me. You know, I find it amazing. I'm inviting the uh, the worship team to come up as we wrap up. I've said this before. I find it amazing that the response from both groups was exactly the same. Do you notice that to those who he said, well done, they didn't sit there and go, yep, bring it on. No, their question was, when? When did we see you? You see, they didn't do it just because they wanted to put a smile on God's face. They did it because the love of Jesus Christ had so affected their lives that it became something that they just did. I find it amazing that that question comes up on both sides. When did we see you sick? When did we see you hungry? When did we see you? And Jesus says to both groups, whatever you did to the least of these, you did unto me. I want this to be... So natural for us as a church and so natural for us as a congregation and so natural for you as a Christ follower. It's as natural as breathing in and breathing out. And it it happens when we allow the light and love of Jesus Christ to fill us, to overflow. And I talked about this last week. We can't give what we don't have. And we have to press in, press in, press in closer and closer and closer to Him and ask Him to fill us. And as He does, it flows out naturally. We have to make a decision for it to happen. uh, It doesn't just happen by osmosis. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us. Remember, Jesus taps us on the shoulder. It's up to us to say yes and to move in that direction. And when we do, supernatural things take place, right? My prayer is that this congregation, my prayer is that you would impact this community in a way that's like an earthquake. It's, it's like a, just a breath of fresh air. It's something that brings joy and peace. And you might ask, how can I do this? It could be as simple as an encouraging word to someone. When someone expects you to do this and be angry you're choosing not to, and you're choosing to do something differently. You're choosing to do something that Christ has called you to. Let's all stand. All right. And I want us to pray for wisdom and just how that plays out. And then for reception, as I mentioned a number of weeks ago, your responsibility is to deliver. Your responsibility is not the reception of that. You're called to deliver the message. You're called to deliver the light and life of Jesus Christ. So Lord, right now, I pray you'd help us as individuals. Help us as a congregation. To have your spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. To put up those spiritual antennae to tune in to what your spirit is saying. And Lord, I pray that even today, maybe at a restaurant... You'd give us a word of encouragement to give to the person who's serving us. Maybe a a question that would lead to a conversation. And Lord, I love what what Peter said while he was on the the way to the, the temple when he was approached by that man. He said, silver and gold I don't have. And Lord, a lot of us are in that place. We don't have a ton of resources to give. But what Peter said was, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And and Lord, we're going to find ourselves in places where the, the need is bigger than our personal resources. But Lord, I pray that we'd be prepared and ready to give what we have. And that is the light and hope and life of Jesus Christ. That it would change lives, transform lives, and it would reconcile people back to God. You've given us that task. You've given us that role as your ambassadors here on earth, here in Wise County, here in Decatur. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.